Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to episode 20 of the School of Humanity. We are your hosts, Jason and Rachel Bowman, and we have been discussing matters of the spiritual life, which we love very much. Yeah, that'd be weird if we were discussing other matters. Uh, I mean, that's excuse me. What we do. We could school. be talking about theology, philosophy. Those are all spiritual matters. Um, this in particular is the spiritual life. Okay. According to Saint Ignatius of Loyola <laughs> and um, his rules of discernment. Can we? Um, can we just yes. before we get into yes, please what this is about? My wife, go ahead. We need to go ahead and let everybody know what the weird tension is, and the tension is is that Jason just took stitches out of my foot. I just I think we need to just clear the air and let people know what's happening in the Bullman this household. This was so impromptu. I didn't know you were going to do this. <laughs> Are you in desolation? I am in pretty. You should talk to awful a spiritual <laughs> person. So go ahead, tell me. Mm-hmm. A spiritual person. Let me imagine that there's a spiritual person listening. Uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so we had a baby. She's almost a month old. She will be a month old as of June first. Very yes. true. Um, so some of you might have might be listening to this after she has turned a month old. So we had a baby. Right before we had the baby, we had a hot water pipe burst in our home. So then we had a baby. Then after we had the baby, I had like a weird foot pain. So my husband, being the ortho expert that he is, I said, I have weird foot pain. He said, well, we'll just watch it and see. That was a Monday. Prudent, so, yeah, go ahead. Very prudent. <laughs> so then, by, like, uh, <laughs> by the way, I make that noise and face him all the time. <laughs> I think it was Wednesday, and thir- Wednesday or Thursday it had started. Uh, I don't remember. Whatever, you should remember. See? See how important it anyway, is? Anyway, I thought it was a stress <laughs> fracture. Yep, even um, worse. So because come, it gotten worse and it was swelling and all that good so stuff. So we come into the office, take an X-ray, and uh, the X-ray tech comes out of the X-ray and she's like, "What'd you do?" I was like, "I don't know." She goes, "No, no, no, no. Were you like on a boat or something?" And I was like, "Uh, this is a very strange line of questioning." <laughs> she's like, "No, no, no, no. There's something. There's something in your foot." <laughs> so, uh, so we, there's a shard of metal in her foot, <laughs> and there was no point of entry. Right. I think it was from when you were growing up in the Philippines, personally. That's probably, I probably smuggled in some sort of like toxic Filipino metal. <laughs> is, is that a thing? <laughs> it doesn't manifest for 35 years. <laughs> Whoa, how old am I? Okay, that was 34. a little rude. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I had foot surgery last week and uh, they had to remove this metal shard because it was causing me pain. And uh, my brilliant husband tonight, before we do the prod- podcast, says, I think I'm going to take your your stitches out because it's been a week. And I'm like, it hasn't been a week. <laughs> He's like, no, it's been a week. It looks fine. It's healed. It has. So. And the stitches were starting to bury into the skin. So I had <sighs> to pull a little bit to get them out. And. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I did not mean to hurt you. <laughs> But it does feel better now, you have to admit, when you walk. I will never admit it, that it feels better right now. 
So <laughs> it feels better. Um, so let's recap a little bit. About we, my wound? No. <laughs> let's move on. So the last three rules were all 12, 13, and 14. Correct. Mm-hmm. Discussed the the tactics of the enemy, the way he behaves when he tempts us and that kind of thing. Rule 12 um, talks about how he he suggests certain things to us. We become tempted, and if we quickly confront him and say no to those temptations, he shows his weakness um, very quickly and will turn and go. Um, Rule 13 talks about... um, how the fact that he wants you to stay quiet, he wants you to stay silent when when he does tempt you. So he wants to suggest something for you, you to not say anything and to keep quiet. That's rule twelve and thirteen. So in response to that, we should quickly say no to those to the temptations, to the thoughts, right? And then tell a spiritual person that we trust these things, so that they become out in the open. And you can discuss them, acknowledge them, be aware of it, and then respond to it. Rule 14 talks about the fact that the enemy knows our weak points. Right. And so, and rule 13, we're talking about them with a spiritual person. We're getting them out in the air. And that way they come to mind and we start to learn what our weak points are so that we can fortify them so that uh, the next time it won't happen. So we'll... We sort of preemptively uh, strike the at where the enemy um, likes to strike us. You know, we fortify those points where we are the weakest. So we're going to re- read Rule Fourteen now. Yes. Uh, the Fourteenth Rule. Likewise, he conducts himself as a leader, intent upon conquering and robbing what he desires. For just as a captain and leader of an army in the field, pitching his camp and exploring the fortifications and defenses of a stronghold, attacks it at the weakest point. In the same way, the enemy of human nature, roving about, looks in turn at all our theological, cardinal, and moral virtues. And where he finds us weakest and most in need for our eternal salvation, there he attacks us and attempts to take us." So, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. So, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> now, we were talking about it a little bit. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about one area that you think that I'm weakest or that you think that you're weakest. And I'd rather talk we about become. you. Well, I figured that's why I mentioned <laughs> it first. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um well I think that um illustrating this a little bit further for our beloved podcast listeners. I don't know why I did that. I think I did that maybe because I've been listening to this Matt Frad podcast and I feel like you have to have an accent to be effective. It does help. It does help a lot. Yeah. So if you could maybe use an accent, that'd be great. There are some that work, there are just some that don't. Like yeah. if I used if I used an accent that I was I wouldn't go with Russian. Not Russian. What about super southern? Hey y'all. 
Like I if mean, I just talk like this the whole time we're on the podcast? No. no? Doesn't I don't work. Think that work. No. <laughs> it doesn't, you don't find that endearing and highly spiritual. <laughs> <when I>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for some reason, the British or, you know, English mm-hmm. accents work very well and make you feel very astute. Why is that? Because they're quite proper. I know, but there are other people that are proper too. <laughs> Sorry, totally off subject, but that's so weird. That I think maybe British people make me think of fortresses. Maybe that I wasn't like quite off off kilter. Um, but are we going to start talking about Camelot? <laughs> that's true. That would be Knights a of the Round Table. Yes. Okay. Um, so if you were a knight of the Round Table. And Camelot, and the enemy was coming. There's usually like these strange rules of war, right? Rules of engagement are they called? That's what they're called, not rules of war. (laughs) (laughs) Rules of engagement, um, which I always find very funny. Like I, I love that scene in Braveheart when he, um, no, it was in the Patriot when they stole his his guys. Was in the Patriot or Braveheart? Why did he make two movies that are? Staunchly Both the same. Incredible and yes. brilliant and amazing in every way. I know there's someone that's listening right now that's like, Braveheart is nothing like the Patriot. What are you saying? <laughs> but I get them confused. But in one of them, they um, took the uniforms of some of his guys and like the enemy's guys and dressed them up. And then when he went to go and confront his enemy, it was the Patriot. Mm-hmm. He went to confront his enemy and he says, I have your men. But it was like scarecrows. Oh there. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um anyway, but I thought that it was funny that they didn't just engage in like a fist fight or something at that point. Well, that would be improper. Right, exactly. So there were some sort of rules of engagement in play at that point. But I wouldn't I don't think that the devil really plays by the rules. <laughs> he does not play by the rules of He's engagement. Pretty vicious. He probably does not have a British accent. I don't know. <laughs> pretty slick he's not crowley on supernatural because <laughs> 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 there's something endearing about crowley you know <laughs> like you don't go down that road Rachel. <laughs> go. okay i'm so sorry all right anyway so fortress when the enemy is coming to attack the fortress in yeah, he always comes and he finds the places in the fortress that are most vulnerable or the places where they could could it's like helms deep wasn't that a Lord of the Rings? Yes. I am so on fire tonight. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they think about the place where you are most vulnerable, the place where you are the weakest. The enemy will always attack there. Right. Um, and so this rule says that, you know, most we have to think like the enemy in the way that we have to identify where we are weakest. Um, remember in The Karate Kid? When uh, well done, you know, like <laughs> they get his they get his knee right. They like that's right. Hit his knee from the side, but they didn't know about the listen. whooping crane. <laughs> what is that? Move? Well, listen, listen. <laughs> Sorry. So after they that guy injures his knee, he comes back out to fight, and um, remember the the sensei tells him to sweep the leg. Mm. It just reminds me of that because that's his weak point. It's just a, such a. Such a bad move it's to true. take out the the leg, you know. 
but he overcomes it because he, he recognizes his it. weak point. He stands on his good leg. Right. Right. That's true. Waits what was that move called? I do you remember we all name. used to want to do that when I don't we were know the, the name of the move? I mean, I don't think they name it. Does he name it? I don't think so. Anyway, um, I'm call it amazing, but <laughs> I don't think you can call a move. Oh, that's I just called that amazing. The amazing. The amazing. Um, but we have to think like the enemy in that way. We have to approach our own fortress, our own heart, right. and right. walk about. And discover the places where we are the weakest. Right. And then take the time to not be weak in those places. So we'll, we'll talk about some practical ways to do that here in a little bit. It probably involves Supernatural, Karate Kid, and Lord of the Rings. But right. just because that's the best way to explain things is usually by those. By way of amazing analogy. Yes. Uh, it's true. So, cardinal virtues, theological virtues... Heavenly virtues. By the way, we don't talk about this as, at least I didn't when I was Protestant, about theological cardinal and heavenly virtues. Are these, these are not primarily Catholic, are they? Or are they? Yeah, I mean, you'll find a lot of this beginning um, way, way back with the Desert Fathers. Um, actually, before they were called the... Um, the seven deadly sins, they were called the eight thoughts or evil thoughts, the way that the enemy So we just, would... we lost one? Yeah, they combined, they combined oh. um, one or two okay. together to be one. And okay. so the virtues that combat those are where you get the seven heavenly virtues. So this is most certainly uh, a Catholic, you know, Judeo-Christian notion, but there is some, some Greek... Even before that, some Greek um, Aristotle and Plato. Yes, yeah, some background even before that. But thank brought, you, Wikipedia. <laughs> right, thanks to these desert monks, you know, who would go, literally go out to face the evil one. Right, and these, um, you know, temptations from the devil, and they would, Ew. they would, you know, um, thanks to like Evagrius. Uh, Ponticus and um, Saint Basil, Saint Gregory uh, of Nyssa, and um, the Cappadocian fathers—they called them. Um, they would go out and they would analyze these different thoughts that go through your mind. You know, these evil temptations like lust, and and when you're alone in the desert, you know, it's very intense you know the temptation right. to leave and go where it's more comfortable um you know uh temptation against chastity um patience you know all these different ways so the virtues got you know rise from that so what we can do is very similar i mean there's really even though we're not monks in the desert we're still called to through prayer and fasting and right. reading, spiritual reading, to look at ourselves and discern, you know, where are we lacking in virtue? Where where are our vices? And I'm really good at pointing that out for other people. Not not the best yeah. at pointing it out for myself. That's like a superhero talent. It is. It is. If I had a cape, it would be the cape of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
No. 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 It's no. not not really virtuous. <laughs> um. So what what is what is your what's your vice, honey? My vice. <laughs> I think everyone knows what my vice is. So I feel like we don't even need to. I'm just what kidding. <laughs> no, yours? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I love that your response just now is like, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, I was trying to pray with that. And um, I don't know that I have um, like an awesome example of this um, from myself. Although I, th- I do think a repeated pattern of, um, I was telling you before in my spiritual walk is, um, I mean, it, you you think maybe I'm going too deep with it, but it I think there is somewhat of a lack of faith or trust in the Lord. Um, right. A lot of times for me in the way of um, not trusting that um, my life as it is now as a father, as a spouse first and as a father in our busy life, you know, we have a very busy life. We do. And... Um, I have a strong desire to grow in the spiritual life, to read these desert fathers and to pray and to try to grow. Um, But like St. Therese, um, who's a perfect example for our times, you know, whenever she would be doing her daily prayers and stuff, someone would come in and interrupt her. Instead of getting upset and mad about it and wanting her way, she would thank the Lord for that interruption especially if she had like some kind of uh, something that was due. Like, um, I forget the example. I feel like she had to prepare something for the community. And she kept getting interrupted by um, some of the uh, novices that were under her um, that would have questions and stuff like that. Or she would be doing her daily chores or whatever, and she would always get interrupted. And so there's a temptation when you're... uh, father especially of young children you know because you're do we have are we interrupted a lot do you get interrupted a lot? <laughs> all the time kind of like you're doing right now um so dad <laughs> dad 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 dad, dad, dad. <laughs> um so you know you can either let that frustrate you and think like you know if i only had it a different way then I could become holier and better. But holiness is always found in media rest, meaning in the present moment, in the given situation, context of your vocation. What did you say? It's always found in what? In media rest, in the present, in the present moment, mm. in the now. You can't. You're so fancy. It. Well, you know. Okay, go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> we always are. We're never living in the now. A lot of times, where you know, a lot of people don't. Um, in other words, you're always thinking about the past or the future. Yeah, or you're trying. You you know, you're always wanting to get through work so that you can go home. You know, like instead of embracing work, your work and finding the holiness that is there for you because it's there. So that strange countdown that I do every day to bedtime is not. No. What I should be doing. Nope, definitely not. Darn it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Noted. So these are kind of the subtleties of my 
spiritual life, I, I find myself getting frustrated. And so you get angry with the kids, you know? Um, I don't. I've never gotten angry with oh, the kids. okay. Well, that's just me. I mean, I forgot that you've... you've I'm too busy with my cape of that. judgment. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sitting on the couch, you know, slothfully <laughs> passing judgment in your pride as I slave... <laughs> Listen. In my anger. <laughs> Unbelievable. C section, cold showers, foot surgery. Okay, that's what's been happening. Okay. okay. <laughs> you can never win as the as the husband. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Blame Adam. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I would say that for me, you know, my my probably biggest um temptation and I think and, and not to make excuses but this is definitely an excuse that you know I spend a lot of time kind of doing stuff almost constantly you know um so like in those moments when I should probably be using those free free seconds as a time for prayer or a time for reflection right. I'm scrolling through my phone or watching like the billionth episode of Fixer Upper um right, right. Or something like that, you know. And so I think that definitely giving into assedia or laziness, slothfulness is definitely um, a huge vice for me. Um, but I, I, you know, even, and I, there's this temptation to say, you know, I don't have a lot of time for that. I mean, I don't really get to just sit around. But it's like you, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Darn it. And we're both I mean, guilty of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there is time for, like, recreation, for leisure, but is that really leisure? You know, right. we've talked about that before, you know? Um, it's more of an escape from... Reality. Reality, yeah. And, you know, what does it say about your spiritual life when when you want to have leisure? It's not the Lord that you're turning to, you know? Right. And it never satisfies, you know, you, these other things. Um, I need the Lord to have a Facebook page and it would make things yeah. a little bit easier. <laughs> so no. I could just say, I'm not, I'm not just looking at everyone's Facebook. I'm looking at the Lord's Facebook page. I'm really. <laughs> Did I, you see what Jesus said on Instagram today? <laughs> oh my gosh. I would totally subscribe to his, I don't think it's subscribe to his his Snapchat, you know, the Lord's Snapchat. That would be awesome. Um, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Mostly because I don't have a Snapchat. <laughs> I don't either. I'm just kidding. I totally have a yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, I know you have a Snapchat. <laughs> Only to make weird faces on my infant daughter's I think face. that you had Snapchat, like, the day it came out. Wow, that's super rude. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Because I think it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Something to ponder. <laughs> it's because I was looking for the Lord's Snapchat. Um, so practical ways of dealing with those things. So Father Gallagher is really great about giving the practicality of how to then, after you've identified your weakness. So let's say. Um, Lust. What? Lust is a common one. Yeah, that was just random for you to be all that out there. <laughs> oh, you seem like you were thinking. <laughs> I was thinking of an example of, like, say that maybe okay, so your 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 weakness is lust, 
And so then the thing for you to do then is to take that to prayer. You know, like one of those moments that I've lusted, one of those moments that I've failed in this way. Um, To talk about it with a spiritual director, to journal about it, to pray about it. And then it's it's a beautiful thing because he says in there, I think he, he said at one point in the book, that even just speaking to someone about it kind of brings hope to a situation yeah. that seems dire. Right. And that's really really the gift of the twelve rules 12, 13, and 14 are to be able to bring hope to situations that seem dire. Yeah. You know, to bring hope to a situation that is beginning, the temptation of the beginning of the, the beginning of a temptation, to bring hope to lies that are being told to us when we feel like we can't tell anyone, and to bring hope to a fortress that has been continuously attacked. Yeah. And so they bring also bring light to the fact that the enemy lacks creativity. And so a lot of times when we take the time to discover those weaknesses, um, they say it so brilliantly in the book uh, that a lot of times we will see that it is the same approach dressed differently. You know, it's the same old temptation. It's the same old problem. Yeah. But it's just wearing different clothes. Yeah. And it really can become despairing when you fail the same way over and over again. You start to believe that you you can't get past it. And it I mean, and just having this kind of um, knowledge of finding out what is this core wound, this core sin, um, or what are my weak spots, to be able to name them, talk about it out loud, and develop a plan to overcome it. It's just day by day, simple things, avoiding the situation. Those things are huge, powerful. They give hope. And and we have to remember, too, that a lot of times, um, especially if it's a core wound and you're kind of digging to find it, it can be very painful to unearth it yeah it can it can be a lot like your husband removing stitches um not that i've ever had that happen or that it was painful right i've blocked out super painful things in my life like that so um (laughs) but i did i did think that when we were talking about it afterwards (laughs) like lord what would you have me Learn from the pain that was just inflicted upon me, which was that. Because you said... Punishment for sin. Very mean. What did you say? What? Um, But you said very meanly afterwards. It'll feel so much better tomorrow. In that same exact tone of voice. It was just like that. Uh, That does sound like a really mean thing to say (laughs) to somebody. To try to cast hope on their soul. Everything was super mean after you did that. I was really, really irrational when you were taking the stitches out. Okay. All right. I almost hit you in the face. Um, but anyway, but I thought to myself that that's, that's exactly what it's like. You know, there's this, these like, feels like an eternity of pain. You know, maybe it's a heartbreak or maybe um, you lost a loved one or you failed in some way that is a little detrimental to your soul. You know, you will feel like an instant of pain that feels like it's lasting for an eternity. Right. Because it definitely felt like an eternity when you were digging the stitches out. We were probably only here for like five minutes, right? It felt like 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. Um, so that the pain feels like it could last forever. But probably within the next five or six minutes after you had done it, I had gotten up and walked. Um, you were better already. And I was still limping. 
mostly because I think I've forgotten how to walk correctly. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did lay my foot flat on the ground at one point, and I thought, wow, it actually feels better. And then I reluctantly told you, like, it does feel better. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here we are. But it's it's um, very applicable to the spiritual life. Except you might not make rude noises to your spiritual director <laughs> when things kind of work out. <laughs> oh, man. But wouldn't you agree, my love? I do agree. Even though you're super mean. Well, so. sometimes, you know, you have to get through that that pain in order to come through the other side better. What can I say? Whatever you have to do I to make yourself to be, sleep at night. I had to be the instrument of pain this time. Wow. But also healing. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we have definitely come to the end of our time. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be past Jason digging into my foot to take out the stitches next week. Do you think? Do you think I could yeah, I possibly think you be over? Yes. <sighs> Lots of prayer. I really Maybe am sorry. Fasting. I really do love you. <laughs> I love you too. And dearest podcast listeners, we love you as well. And you're in our prayers. And we cannot wait to speak with you next time here on the podcast of the School of Humanity. God bless you. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.